0: Lifeway. Lifeway, Leadership. Lifeway Leadership Podcast Network.
1: Good I am Scott Sanders and I'm Derek Anna. Welcome to the One Thing, a podcast designed to give you one solid practical tip for gospel centered ministry every week. Can um, can our listeners here, what's your one tip for staying
2: at uh, Team Sanders, when you uh, oh. when you come down from
1: Brisbane, what's your one tip?
2: Great question. Pack your. Great question. Pack you. No, well, I've got a little bed set up in the corner now, so I don't really <laughs> need to pack much. If you could provide a drawer for me there, that would be excellent, though. Excellent. I like a good cuddle with Charlie, who's your dog. Yes, that's Charlie and I are good friends, that
1: one, actually. Yeah. yeah. Charlie yes, always is. looks forward to uh, giving you a good sniff because because yes. if you don't know, Derek's got a dog called Harriet who is a cracker too, and they they just sniff each other when we both go to each other's houses. They, you know, they hang around, don't this they? This is right? the
2: kind of stuff people tune in for. <laughs> this is what they come for And on The One Thing. Now, The One Thing is brought to you with thanks to the Geneva Push, the
1: Australian Church Planning Network. We're also proudly part of the Lifeway Leadership Podcast Network. But for now, you've pressed play on episode 72 of The One Thing, the joys and challenges of running a campus.
2: Yes, so... One of the uh, the ways in which we've seen over the last few years, uh, church planting and in Australia, particularly the last 10, 15 years, mother-daughter planting. Um, that is a, a congregation sent out of that. But also congregational planting or campus planting. Uh, that is where we have a kind of hub and spoke model that, that there is a planting with the intent to stay together in some way. So to be one church, but in a number of different locations. That's right. Today,
1: we've got Ben Shannon, who's planted with the Grace, uh, Grace Bible Church up in Brisbane. Uh, Ben, it's great to have you all the way from beautiful, sunny Queensland.
0: Nice to be here, fellas.
1: (laughs) Can you tell us a little bit about your context, Ben?
0: Uh, So I'm part of the Grace Bible Church Network in Brisbane. In the mid-1980s, some Christians got together uh, united by their desire to plant a church. At the time, Brisbane was home to the largest church in Australia, but certainly there weren't as many churches in our theological persuasion. So one of the guys went off, did some theological training, came back and launched the church in 1993. Then over the next 19 years under God, church steadily grew to the point that space at the facility was actually becoming a real problem. And uh, there was at least one family traveling from an hour in each direction to get to church, which told us that no matter how many solid churches there are in Brisbane, we need more. And so in 2013, I headed out, along with 50 others, to plan a new church 25 minutes away. And the original aim for the plant was to be completely independent. But a range of factors kept us more closely knit than that. Uh, Holland Park continued to grow, and it became clear that getting bigger facility there just wasn't going to happen with the resources we had. So we began actively pursuing a family of churches sort of model. Uh, we're calling it a network. Uh, and our second church plant went out at the beginning of 2018, with over 100 people to that one. So in 25 years, we've gone to three churches.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's interesting that you know the last the last few years you've seen two, but before that, it didn't see any. So there was there's a lot there's a long time between I uh, sort of getting that you know that second church plant off the ground.
0: But this, people say if you don't plant in the first five years, it can't happen. That might statistically be true, but it can take a lot longer and it can still happen.
1: So, so you can you tell us, Ben, uh, what are the joys of, I guess, of running a church plant within a network or running a campus within a family of churches?
0: Look, there's heaps of blessings. There's a huge number of benefits to it. Uh, just even being part of something that's bigger mm-hmm. is really great. Uh, it offers a lot of security as well, uh, and there's nothing wrong with taking gospel risks, but Everyone wants to minimize the failures. And I think it made it easier for people to say goodbye when we weren't completely saying goodbye. Uh, also, working tightly together gave people a much greater confidence. It also meant that the mother church had skin in the game still. So mm-hmm. it wasn't to sort of, see you later, be warmed, and be filled, but they uh, had a much more active involvement. So that was great. So anything you can do when you plan a church is a huge help. Uh, We realized a lot of our administrative structures, rather than having to recreate them, we could just extend them. Uh, Even things like insurances were a lot easier when you were just uh, moving to a different location rather than starting from scratch. And look, I was wet behind the years. We're a bit of an example of how not to plan a church in that (laughs) regard. Uh, So I was the guy on the ground, but it was great still being part of a team. That was a huge advantage. Uh, It meant that I got pastoral support, so, you know, all that stuff that they don't teach you in Bible college. <laughs> also uh, got preaching support. And interestingly, that worked both ways. So it wasn't just the daughter churches who've done the receiving. Uh, the mother church transition has actually been easier as, and smoothed out as people have actually gone back to the mother church and kept mm. serving for a time and plugging gaps there. That's that's really helpful
1: to hear. That's really helpful you talk about the loneliness, but also helpful to hear about the, the, the positive back for the, the sending church. It's actually... It's actually good for them, and it hasn't just been a one-way a one way
2: process. Okay, so not to be a Debbie Downer, huh? okay. but I want to talk about the challenges. Be, are, the challenges. I am going to be. What are the challenges, been? What are the things that you've found hard?
0: So many things. The greatest st- uh, strength is also your greatest weakness, uh, and uh, one of the uh, things that we've done is share core convictions, but you can't just cookie-cutter churches. Uh, there's different socioeconomic contexts. There's different church contexts. The churches around you make a difference. Uh, different makeup of the congregation, so it, um, while working together uh, has lots of advantages, it never really means compromise as well. Building and maintaining another set of relationships is a huge cost, and the only way it works really is by setting clear boundaries about what makes us us, and trying to keep on negotiating those boundaries. So that's a that's a constant work and a constant challenge that uh, so we face.
1: You're talking you're talking there, I guess, the tension between sort of. Having authority, perhaps, and also having responsibility, the tension of you know, what's going on at Holland Park is going to be very different to where you're at. And now that you've had two church plants, you've got two very different you know, circumstances and places which are, are very different. But, but as you said, there's some shared convictions there, but different uh, expressions of those shared convictions just because of the people and the place that you're trying to reach. How have you dealt with that tension between you know, seeing what needs to be done on, on the ground but being part of something bigger? of wanting to do your own thing, you know, when it looks like it will be stacks easier and, uh, you know, to, to go your own way.
0: Uh, yep. This is the gift <laughs> that keeps on giving the uh, <laughs> challenge that keeps raising its head. Uh, so Wade Burnett talks about, uh, going from the extreme of centered central decides through to campus decide. Yep. Um, and so there are some things we want to be the same on. Uh, there's other things we want absolute freedom on as well. Uh, so what we're up until this point, it's largely been organic. And we've just been able to work that out as we've sat around a table and discussed that together. But we're also realizing that we need to be more organized than that uh, and moving forward. So we're intentionally having those conversations to try and work out what areas we want difference, what areas we want things to be the same. And uh, even in between, what areas do we want input on from other churches? What areas do we want to give input on? And um, some decisions, even just what range of parameters. So there's freedom within these boundaries. Uh, So we're trying to to work that out as we go along.
2: Nice. Well, let's just pause for a moment and first of all, give thanks for Wade. And (laughs) second of all, just to mention that, look, we are part of the one thing. Uh, it's a life, uh, the one thing. We are part of the one thing. We are the one In thing. In fact, we are the one we thing. We are. And it is part of the LifeWay Leadership Network. We'd like to uh, let you know about one of our other podcasts. It's the EST podcast. Sam the Rayner. EST, well, you say, I say the EST.
1: Really? Because it's, it's the Established Church podcast. They all about established churches. So I say EST, but you say EST. But Does I actually it, say EST because it's about established churches. And Sam Rayner, uh, Micah Fries, Josh King, every week, Cover topics for the established
2: church. What it's do they, a, what do they say? They say est as well. Oh really? Yeah. yeah I I think so. There is a strange. It's with an American accent, though. Okay. All right. Est. All right. Well, look est. it up. Your favourite podcasting app and subscribe today. But now, Scott, what have you got? What's he got in his pockets today? I uh,
1: just want to uh, point you to a couple of resources for, that I found helpful. So there are articles. Uh, there are articles from around the place. So first one's from uh, Tony Morgan, looking at a campus pastor. What the campus pastor and the church planner actually need. So that's just a helpful article just to help you think into that. Another helpful article is um, from uh, Rich Birch on Unseminary, exploring the common hidden tensions in multi-site churches. Uh, so that's another a great podcast to listen to as well, just to think about the uh, the tensions as well. Ben's already talked about uh, one of our resources that we've got on our library from from Wade Burnett. Uh, so we'll put in the show notes a link to that as well. That's really helpful just to think about those tensions Uh, that Ben's already, uh, you know, quickly opened up. And then the final one, LeadNet, a research organisation in the States that spend a lot of time talking about multi-site. Well, they've asked the question, what makes a great campus pastor? And I reckon that's a really helpful one uh, to think into as well. So I realise these are American resources, but I I sent this one out to a number of uh, campus pastors around Australia and had a great conversation. Uh, What makes a great campus pastor?
2: Excellent. Okay. Uh, Back to the questions for Ben. Ben, let's, Push into how is it that you make decisions at, at Grace Bible on your campus? Like when do you know you can just make it internally? When do you need to uh, negotiate? And yeah, what's the framework around that?
0: So we've got a period eldership over each location. Uh, that hasn't always been the case though, but that's where we're at now. Um, so we're actually finding we need to, uh, so we make decisions internally with that eldership but we're finding we need to get all the elders in one room a couple of times a year as well, which is proving a bit of a challenge, but to make some of those really big decisions together uh, to um, to make that happen. Uh, also our, all our staff get together once a week uh, or once a fortnight. And so a lot of the time that's where uh, decisions get kicked around and then uh, a lot of the heavy lifting gets done to take to, take to the elders to work so, out together.
1: So hypothetically, how do you deal with a decision that doesn't go your way? You know, so there, there, there sounds like there is some clear boundaries there, but what happens when you really want to, you know, get another staff member, for example, or you really want to explore this mission possibility and the group says no, nah. the team says no.
0: Nah. So relationship is key. <laughs> trust is key. Yep. Uh, that's that's the only thing that makes this work uh, is trust a relationship. So uh, being able to talk about anything, being able to put anything off else- on the table and being honest with one another, being able to trust that when everyone else closes down that conversation, that there's good reason for that, uh, and be able to understand where they're coming from to to do that. So, uh, no doubt we'll hit that at some stage, but at the moment, uh, relationship is what allows us to navigate that.
1: And you grew so up. That's up what- you've grown up in the church, so that, so in some senses you've been you, you've been raised up f- through the church. How's it gone when you've employed someone outside the church? What advice would you give to uh, another network of churches thinking about this?
0: Uh, so we've learned that that is tricky. Uh, yes. And there's so much more than just theological conviction that's there. It's also uh, philosophy of ministry mm. uh, and how you work together uh, fits into that as well. Yep. And so uh, we're moving towards trying to raise guys up from the inside, uh, so that we get to see them, they get to see us, and we just avoid some of those unfortunate situations of uh, where things don't work out the way people expect it to.
2: You, so, need, uh, you need to build a leadership pipeline.
1: Can can you tell That's the buzzword. Can you tell us, Ben? How have you how have you, as a network of churches, dealt with a sort of preaching load? I'm assuming you've all got you know video campus, and and you, they beam in Craig.
2: That does sound like Ben. Week. Actually, that video campus. Yeah.
0: Yeah, absolutely. That's totally us. <laughs> uh, no, we've, uh, I guess we've kind of gone the opposite way. So uh, we do something that's uh, a little bit different. Uh, we get together once a week uh, or once a fortnight still and uh, hone one another's sermon. Mm-hmm. So that helps us stay tight knit and kind of know where we're going. But because we invest so much in preaching, we realize mm-hmm. one of the advantages of a multi-site is there's a whole bunch of people who haven't heard your sermon before. And so we've been thinking about how we can get some leverage out of that, how we can use that to our advantage, especially when we're investing so much effort in it. We've tried some preaching Mm rotation and uh, others can learn from our mistakes. So we tried swapping for a term between churches. Uh, Now, there were good things about that meant you got to run a whole series off again and freed up a lot of time. Uh, It also meant that the elders had to step up. And it was great. Mm. Church ran for a term without me being there. And I think that was healthy. Yeah. But it was just ultimately that was being away for too long. Yep. So we've tried a smaller scale uh, where the lead pastor from each church uh, does one part of a series and we've rotated around. And that buys mm. us back a couple of weeks of preaching preparation. And next year, we're going to try some blocks of two weeks where three pastors, one from each church, will come up with a two week series and we'll swap around three times throughout the year.
1: Yeah great I love how you guys are uh, you know con- you're thinking into this and you know you haven't got it worked out you're, you're keeping
2: working it out. Hmm. Uh, it's a really helpful thing to uh, to hear. yep now Ben that brings us to the end of the show. Can you give us the one thing people should be taking away when it comes to running a campus?
0: So I think uh, a campus model has huge advantages to it. I think it smooths out a lot of the problems but a relationship is key. Trust is key, and working, being willing to work together, is what uh, makes it work. So, if you're going to do it, you've got to be a team player.
2: Excellent. Look, we uh, we're really thankful for the Ministry of Grace Bible Church up in Brisbane. Uh, thanks for your time. If you have enjoyed what you've heard on the One Thing today, we appreciate it. If, if you, of course, I
1: have. Because you've guys, enjoyed, guys, come on,
2: send it out. Sorry, yeah. share it with your friends. Wow. It's great. Share, share this with your friends. Because if, you've enjoyed why? The One Thing today, Thank we'd you. appreciate if you took a moment to share to rate it on iTunes. Even leave a comment, a positive comment, hopefully. Well, thanks for joining us for another episode of The One Thing. Thank you, Ben, for coming on. Coming up in our next episode, we're going to be talking
1: about discipleship. I'm Scott Sanders. I'm Derek Hanna. Chat soon. <laughs>